You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Uh, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jesse Barnes from the Movie Sleuth, and this is episode 55. <clears throat> I haven't been on this show in a long time, actually. Man, I'm really rusty at this. <clears throat> Anyway, we're here with uh, Michelle Kistner. Michelle, say hi. Hello. And uh, Justin Wicker. I have not been on the show in even longer than you. Really? Yeah, I don't think I've been on in like six months or something. <sighs> Busy, man. Okay. Well, this time, <laughs> this is a special episode because this is the first time that we are actually live uh, on Woo. Facebook. Woo-hoo. Um, so we're going to try to keep this going pretty regular. And uh, maybe maybe, maybe this will be a wonderful, beautiful thing for everybody. So thanks for watching, if you are watching. Um, and uh, let's, uh, let's get rolling on this show. So what, what do we got here? So news, 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 news. Can you, you want to start with what's up with IO Interactive? Yeah, so uh, to those of you who spent uh, a lot of time last year playing the new uh, episodic Hitman, I know I did. I gave it uh, on moviesleuth.com, and it was my third favorite game of 2016. Uh, that good, huh? Yeah, I mean it's no Doom or Stardew Valley, but it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, it, uh, yeah, I it do, was, I do want to play it eventually. It looked good to me, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of people it. just really uh, like and kind of worried about it because it went episodic instead of like becoming a full sixty dollars game. And then similarly, Square Enix, their publisher, was worried about it, and it didn't make their lofty goals, so mm. they decided to sell it off. And for the last month or so, people have been real nervous about it, but officially, as of earlier this week. They have uh, essentially bought themselves out to become an independent studio. And in the process, they get to keep uh, the Hitman IP. So they'll be able to make a season two of that game. Uh, and <clears throat> I don't think they have a publisher yet, but more importantly, they can move forward. So I'm pretty pumped. I really like awesome. it. So it's a it's a positive thing then. Yeah. And okay. it, as someone who has played most of the other Hitmans and never gotten through any of them because they were like either too goofy or too boring, it like... <clears throat> Hits really the middle ground really well. So, and the first episode's free now because of this. So. Do you think uh, uh, fans of the series felt that uh, Square was like a detriment to IO or holding them back? Or um, I think that's really hard to tell. But I think most in, in general, mm. uh, the last few years, like Square has had really, really, really hard uh, goals for all of their studios. Like I know that new uh, that reboot of of Tomb Raider they did. Yeah, uh, had it sold like three million copies in the first month, and that still wasn't good enough for like uh. a reboot of a series that hadn't been done well in like ten years. So like Square is famous for expecting way too much of their games. Same with like Final Fantasy fifteen; they were expecting it to sell like seven million copies or something, yeah. and it's still not even there. So, um, yeah, I think all things considered, it's probably good long term that they're you Beautiful. know going solo. So, cool. and uh, this just dropped, I guess, earlier today with the SNES Classic. Finally announced, um, as as if that was going to be a surprise to anyone. It's really overpriced. How much is it anyway? It's eighty dollars for twenty games, <clears throat> and it does. Unlike the first one, it does come with both controllers in the box. They're you so do not generous. have to buy a second one. But. <laughs> yeah, lots of uh, contention on that one. I think I agree with Michelle. I would think it should be more like a you know forty to sixty dollar piece of mm-hmm. plastic, but. Yeah. Uh, it is not. It's a little on the uh, expensive side. Though, I mean, all things considered, you look at that catalog of games, 
there are a lot of like some of the best my opinion some of the best video games of all time are on that list i love the super nintendo so like it's tough and if if you're the kind of person who wants to go buy cartridges on ebay you're going to be paying 80 dollars for one of those games let alone anything else but it's a it's a real toss-up it's definitely a little too much but the problem is is that everyone will buy it anyway so hopefully they make more this time so there won't be that scalping issue and Do you think Nintendo really cares? Do you think they want that? They did announce that they're going to at least produce them at a constant stream through all of 2017. So that's at least three months of production, which is about three times as much production (laughs) as the last (laughs) thing of this variety they put out. Um, That being said, they're unpredictable in the not-so-good way, for the most part, Nintendo. So we'll see. Actually, yeah. Uh, speaking of Nintendo uh, and Sony, um, Sony is still being very prudent about joining the cross-platform party with uh, Xbox, PC, and now Nintendo of all consoles, uh, of all console manufacturers. Uh, that kind of surprised me. They've never been really ahead of the game with uh, with their online uh, multiplayer and stuff. What they say <clears throat> their reasoning was for not wanting to do it, just because Sony, yeah. Basically, yeah. Without <laughs> finding an exact quote, it was a lot of really like buzzy nonsense. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense at all. It 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 feels like like uh, they don't want to say something. Like it's about something else, but mm-hmm. they don't want to say it. It's you know they're I mean? in this. They're in a hardware lead, and they don't want to say that but that's definitely the truth there's like we don't do this because we don't have to not because it's not a good idea they're right. just i don't know <clears throat> sony got basically handed this console generation on a silver platter by all that crazy xbox only yeah. online no use yeah. games business that there are people who still think that stuff goes on even though the xbox one's been out for four years mm-hmm. so like sony is just doing this we're ahead like extreme hubris thing that uh, I don't know. I mean, I own a PlayStation 4, and I use it a lot, mm-hmm. but I doesn't mean I have to appreciate their attitude or their choices. Like, if it wasn't for them having so many good games in 2017, I would... I mean, I still am kind of frustrated with them, but... Yeah, there's just, you win some, you lose some. They're just in this <clears throat> position where they're just like, oh, we know we're ahead, so we don't need to make customers happy because we have money now. Right. And it's just like a bad attitude for everyone. On the flip side, before I forget to say this, because I will, um, and which will, I guess, be our segue into E3, is uh, after after watching all of it, I had this uh, kind of epiphany in a way, I, I guess. Uh, and uh, after that Sony conference following the Microsoft conference, I was like, I couldn't, I was trying to figure out, like, why did I feel better about the Sony one than I did with the Microsoft one? And I was excited about both of them. And, uh, and I love both, uh, I love both brands and the, why, but why did the Sony one feel so much better to me? And, and I figured, and it was, it was actually easier than I thought it would be, but, um, all of Microsoft's games, there were some cool ones, like Anthem kind of looked like it was interesting or whatever, and I was like, but why don't I feel excited about it? The Sony, what Sony did, I feel, is all of their games had a sort of heart in there. There was like a narrative sort of motivator for the for your potential customer to, you know... That's what people like are, you know, narratives, man. And none of that was in the Microsoft conference, I felt. 
Well, I think a big part of that is that the Microsoft conference did a lot of small showings of games, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of like big, lengthy demos and videos, like uh, in Sony, especially uh, the Spider-Man one, Gran Turismo Sport, Detroit. Like all those games were all shown at pretty great length, unlike yeah. Microsoft, who tried to fit fifty games in ninety minutes, and you just didn't really get to see much of any of them. And it's interesting, and we can just move on to the Sony press conference a little bit while we're here. Um, so I felt better, much better about the Microsoft one than the Sony one, but for a totally different reason. Okay. And it had a lot to do with, there wasn't a lot new to me as someone who follows stuff really closely in the Sony thing. So like the Spider-Man game was a, was like not announced officially, but was spoken about publicly a while ago and it looked sweet. We'd never seen it before, but we knew about it. Monster Hunter. We know about Detroit has been at three straight E3s. Mm-hmm. Grand Tree's mode, they've been working on it for six years. <laughs> like Far Cry Five, they've been doing it forever. Like it's it's none of these games look bad, and a bunch of them are ones that I'm really going to play. But it was just <clears> like <throat> I really wanted to go into that conference being like, we're mid generation. This is the time we need to like pull out new IPs and like try crazy new things because there's a huge install base. Yeah, I and agree. And there just wasn't a lot new. You're right, it. you're right. I agree. And there wasn't a ton new from Xbox either, but I just felt like the few things that were new from Xbox that I hadn't heard of, well, I was a little more excited about. Um, uh, Anthem and Ashen mostly, but Sony did have some cool stuff still going. That Spider-Man game, <laughs> I don't know how much you guys saw of that. Uh, yeah, that... Uh, I can't love it more than I love it. It's amazing looking. And most of them have been really good too, especially like you know PlayStation Three, PlayStation Two on. They've been pretty damn good. Yeah, the uh, the Treyarch Spider-Man Two game mm-hmm. that came mm-hmm. out like uh, PS Two GameCube era was great, and I haven't. Uh, I don't know if I played any of them since then, but those two, like the N sixty four era one and the GameCube era one, were both really good. Yes, Spider-Man's my favorite Marvel hero. I absolutely love him, and I think they nailed they nailed the feel of it. It looks beautiful. It, this even I, I liked how the the action sequences felt like a big Hollywood production in a way. It was really exciting and got yeah, me it, super pumped about it. It looked like everything flowed really well, even when it was like a person playing the demo. Like then, even it did not look mm-hmm. like that much like a canned demo. It looked right. pretty sweet. And I think they took. Did either of you guys play um, Sunset Overdrive? Yeah. All right, because it looked like they took a little bit of learning from that, because that was the last big thing that Insomniac used that had a lot of yeah, like open world three D stuff, and uh, there wasn't a ton of it in there, but a little bit. It was like, hey, it's cool to see you know them learning from their past things, especially since that game wasn't real successful, even though I really liked it too. That was supposed to be their killer app on Xbox. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Everybody was it's, like, oh, yeah, wait till Sunset Overdrive drops, man. You're going to be jealous. I, I, I mean, it was good. I but. think it's because uh, a lot of fans from um, uh, crossing over from Xbox 360 in a new generation, they went to Sony. So when, uh, who is it, Insomniac, right? Yep, Insomniac. Uh, that made Sunset Overdrive. When they come out with this interesting IP that is usually kind of almost too unique for the xbox brand it kind of felt to me like it should have been a playstation game i know that's like an arbitrary comparison but um i think uh a lot of those fans jumped shipped and went and went sony and i think it would have sold better on a sony console in my opinion but uh well it was guaranteed to sell better on a sony console just because there's three times as many of them out there 
but well, well, of <laughs> no, course. you're totally right. Yeah. Uh, it definitely seemed like well, it seemed like Xbox, tr- if to some extent, almost even trying to reinvent their brand and get a little more yeah. wacky. And it, I, I liked it, but uh, uh, apparently, it didn't do uh, what it was what its goal was to do. I really wish but. Xbox had continued to make more games like that or take bigger risks, but. That's why, uh, me personally, that's why I was a little let down by Xbox's conference. Well, I think Xbox, when, you remember when they first announced the Xbox One, they took all that flack because they were trying to do all this new crazy stuff with it. Yeah. So everybody was like, fuck you, Microsoft, basically. So they like rescinded everything like, oh, wait, wait, we won't do any of that forward thinking stuff now. Too scary. So now (laughs) I think they've kind of gone the other direction too far to where they're playing it too safe now because they're scared of all that you know negative feedback happening again i i that's probably true that's probably true however i do want to say i'm super happy with where phil spencer is taking the company you know with uh the xbox one x and all of that and i think he's making a lot of really great decisions for the company i think just right now maybe their focus is the hardware too much not not too much i'm sorry that's not not a good word for it but they're but just not enough on the games Mm -hmm. in my opinion I mean, games like like Anthem look exciting to me, but but there was no like personality to it. There wasn't like a reason for me to want to play it. It like, looked like generic space shooter 2018. It, exactly, it could have been anything. It, it looked it like had, Destiny and Halo had a baby, basically. Right, and it had this big scale and this inviting like atmosphere, like we've all seen before. We've mm-hmm. all seen you know Destiny and Halo and all those games, and even Mass Effect. Uh, and uh, it it seems like it's. It's, this is sort of like amalgamation of too many things and not enough of one. It's even got the jetpacks from Titanfall in it. Like, it's <laughs> like they took all the things they thought were cool from other space shooters and just combined them in the one. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's really hard to grok anything of real meaning out of a totally canned demo for a mm-hmm. game that's not supposed to come out for two years. So, like, right. I totally agree. Uh, I am not, I'm not super excited for it, just, I'm, the only thing that excites me about it is that the old Mass Effect team is working on it, mm-hmm. n- and notably not the Mass Effect Andromeda team is, <laughs> uh, check out my review on the moviesluther.com, um, <laughs> And in, in general, I'm not that excited about it just because Destiny, those kind of drop-in, drop-out multiplayer MMO-esque, but not quite, it's not my genre. So I think it looks cool visually, but nothing about the game right. appeals to me. And it's also not, I mean, that's coming to PC as well, so that'll be yeah. a, a, cross, a cross-platform to some extent. But So I'm, I'm curious to hear like what uh, your, wh- what were the biggest positives from Microsoft's conference for you? Uh, I think there was kind of a good self-awareness to that conference about understanding that I think they're doing a lot more for their fans than Sony is, and that's not very hard, but (laughs) there's a good amount of, like, uh, appealing to everyone who likes... The the Xbox One X is supposed to appeal to, like, the people that felt really burned by the Xbox Xbox One original, because they Mm -hmm. were just like, oh, I, I spent more money on this thing, and it's less powerful, and it's big and ugly. And so what they did is they said, hey, we're going to come back in with another, with two models, right? So they have, not only do they have one of the best budget options, they have the best high-end option now for the people who really like the like the gearhead equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it was really kind of poignant that they put 40 games in that thing because it's like, hey, we didn't focus on games for two years. So, and we heard you and there are a ton of games coming and a bunch of indies, which is something that PS4 started off really strong on and has really fallen off of. And a bunch of, like, really powerful stuff. I mean, my biggest thing from 
probably for Microsoft because I don't really care that much about like I'm not a Forza guy. I mean, yeah. they're really impressive games to look at, like the Forza Six or was it Seven? I don't know. I, who, who knows? Uh, the Motorsport was, Seven, the new one that was announced. Yeah. Like, that was really cool to look at, but I'm just not a huge, like, car guy. So I'm excited about stuff like Tacoma finally coming, that Dragon Ball Z Fighters game. Oh, yeah, that Dragon Ball Z Which, like, you see that because it's kind of 2D and people think it... People don't necessarily understand how impressive it is to make... Because those uh, those are actually 3D sprites that are at perfect side view to look 2D. Because uh, that's from the Blaze Blue engine. And so, like, when you do specials, the screen rotates and you notice that the whole thing is, like, perfectly rendered anime 3D. Yeah, that blew my mind. You can tell, like, in the trailer how impressive that is. Yeah, and I it think... It literally looked like somebody was just... You're just watching the anime. Yeah. Like, that's oh, yeah, how good exactly. it looked. And I think I think that was probably their goal from the beginning, and I can't believe how good it ended up. But, like, Microsoft, it was great to get... Uh, they, there's finally a release date on Cuphead. I don't know if you guys have been following oh, that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. been at three straight E3s now without a release date, and finally coming this September. Well, originally, <laughs> they were just going to release a game full of a bunch of boss fights, yeah. and it wasn't really going to be much other than that. And I think uh, it's hugely positive reception sort of kind of kicked them in the ass, and they are like, all right, well, maybe we should do something more with this. Yeah, so now there's actually levels right wow, well, yeah, crazy concept platforming I know. yeah uh but now it's supposed to be like a whole like castle crashers-esque like level with bosses at the end and i yeah. i love the animation i would have bought it with just the boss fights i just uh, but yeah i'm glad they took their time and and did it's, it because like uh, man that art in that game is <laughs> jaw-dropping it's oh yeah so good um but the two the two big things i was really excited about from were or i guess it's three code vein did you see that it was a new announcement there I know, I know the name. I've heard it. Uh, it's it looked like anime Dark Souls, but done by the God Eater team. God Eater is like a console only kind of Monster Hunter esque series. Oh right, that was big I, in I'm Japan. familiar with God Eater. So the team from God Eater was like, "Hey, we want to take what we know from the God Eater series, take what's popular now, which is like Souls like like Dark Souls right. clones." As I've played like three of them this year already, uh, and. They just made like a really high style fast. It uses like a real solid and like dark anime style, except it has like very Dark Souls style controls, and it just looked like a lot of fun. Man, I don't. Uh, there was only like that? a brief. There was. It got announced like unofficially because the team is also it's also called Code Vein, I believe the company. Yeah. Uh, like a couple months ago, and then there's like there was one trailer, and it's just like. Souls games are very up my alley, so I paid pretty close attention. It to looks it. a lot stylistically like Helsing anime. If you've ever oh, seen yeah. that, oh yeah, 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 I yeah. did not think okay. about that. Okay, yeah, that's a really like gnarly looking sort of. I, I don't know. There's just something kind of like crude and like dark about it. It's interesting looking. Yeah. But anyway, uh, but uh, what is it? Last night. The last night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that one looked amazing. That was the most impressive. Uh, game at Microsoft's conference for me, that looked that looked excellent, man. It looks really cool, and I ruined it by following the developer on Twitter. But we don't need to get into <laughs> politics. <laughs> I don't even. I'm not gonna lie. I don't even pay attention to that stuff. I just I'm like, whatever. Did you make a good game? Good. That just won't look at your life. <laughs> All right. Well, he, he's not real fond of women, so I'm sorry. Well, I'll still play his game. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. It looks really like I love the I love the concept of it being like post 
it's essentially like post cyberpunk it's like after the dystopia happened everything got good and then there's like a post good second dystopia <laughs> uh and yeah. it, i love that animation style like the, yeah. the like the pixels mixed into real like real life stuff mind, yeah it man. was awesome I was it was like, literally just a guy walking and it looked amazing right it looks it looks like blade runner but 3d yeah. like voxels almost mm-hmm. uh that was yeah. That was a real impressive game. Did you get to play the quick little? It's like a ten minute game they released online. No, I saw it. I haven't had a chance to actually it's play it. Literally ten minutes. Not even. It's like you get off a subway and you walk and you walk to the end of a thing, and then there's kind of like this cool tone and. Is it the same graphical style as oh, yeah. the thing? No, it's not three D though. It's, oh, okay. it's all pixel art, but yeah. it, it's uh, it's like. It's almost like between NES and Atari, somewhere in between there. That's like oh, how yeah. good the graphics are. So pretty are. lo-fi then. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very lo-fi, and it plays in this extremely small window on your screen. It's like uh, it's it's like about the size of like a small banner window. It's like right up in the top. But yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. But I'm, dude, I'm so pumped. Yeah, about I that. just I, the and, the trailer showed very little. I would just like to know more about it. I haven't seen anything right. else, but it looks awesome. The setting looks sweet. Um, I don't know if did you, uh, we talked about Anthem a little bit. Anthem is Anthem. Did either of you guys play Life is Strange? That I actually just downloaded game? it because it was free on PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, PS Plus. I never, I didn't get to play it, but it looked like my jam because I like you know story driven kind of like uh, adventure point and click type games, mm-hmm. and I got rave reviews. Everybody was when it first came out. Everybody kept asking me, "Oh, have you played it? You should play it. You'd like it." So. I didn't end up finishing it, but I did like it, and they did announce the the prequel at the Microsoft show, and people were pretty pumped. There's also um, that game has a little bit of a sci-fi spin to it that you don't realize, and I'm kind of wondering, without spoiling it, if they're going to be doing that in this prequel or not, because there's story implications about that stuff. So, oh, mm, I'm gonna write my own little note so I don't f- forget to say something for later. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of off topic. And I, we, we've seen it a little bit before, but they focused a lot on Middle Earth Shadow of War, the uh, Shadow of Mordor sequel at uh, Xbox, which looks like they gave way too much personality to the orcs. But yeah, they were like all stand-up comedians now. Yeah, it would like I don't mind them like <laughs> Marvel's Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> yeah, basically, like uh, <laughs> there are some people uh, equating it to like uh, like wrestling, like they're cutting wrestling promos. But they were like uh, yeah, even kinda. more extreme than that yeah. to the point where I was like, "Oh, this got fun. Stop being funny." Thirty seconds ago, can I just cut the head off of this orc? Yeah. I really liked the first game. Yeah, it me was too. Pretty unique. And then the weird thing was, I didn't want to initially buy it because I don't really care about Lord of the Rings that like universe. But uh, the game was so good, like I didn't. You didn't need. I to. didn't even. Yeah, I, you could, it could have been like anything. Fans for the hot half black <laughs> girl saying she don't like Lord of the Rings. It's boring. Board of the Rings. Oh, <laughs> oh no, sick. she didn't, and she did. Uh, I don't have a problem with Lord of the Rings, but I, that is not why I played that game. I played that game because it was just like that Nemesis system. I really mm. like heavily system-driven games because I'm a very boring, logical, systematic person. So <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and yeah, it's cool. It's essentially the same the Nemesis system thing from the first game about you know warlords and everything. Is still there, except there. There's multiple of them. There's one for each stronghold, and you can take all these strongholds. And when you take them over, you have your own hierarchy of of guys, and each stronghold has like different powers, and you raise armies. It's just like 
the same thing but on a much bigger scale and I think it looks really cool kind of bummed it got delayed but a delayed game is is good compared to a, a early shitty Mass Effect Andromeda <laughs> um what do we got what do we got next let's see if we can uh, uh, uh there wasn't too much else from Xbox there was Tacoma which has been in development forever mm-hmm. from the Gone Home guys Steve Gaynor smart dude I really like that Gone Home game it was good yeah I enjoyed it as well, and now they're doing like a, a similar like find find the story at your own pace game, yeah. but it takes place on a space station with like projections of people who used to be were on the space station in the past, and you kind of piece the story together. It looks pretty cool. I haven't seen very much about it, even because it's just kind of been like a running joke that they've been working on. It's just like, oh yeah, this game keeps getting changed and delayed a bunch of times. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of Bethesda stuff too. Let's um, knock it out, man. Let's see. Uh, there's some VR stuff. I don't, I don't, oh, I don't know about yeah. all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, they, well, they, I was watching it live, so I'm all excited. And then they showed Fallout VR, and I was like, yeah. oh, my fucking God. And my brain exploded, and they were like, oh, not for PSVR. And I was like, no. But then they announced Skyrim VR. Mm-hmm. Like, but at first I was like, oh, God, it's fucking Skyrim again. But then I was like, it's Skyrim in VR, so... I'll that play company it again. is going to scale Skyrim Dude, for the rest of their existence. They haven't. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the fifth iteration of it, I think. And it's actually, uh, apparently, I was reading some stuff. They had to pare down the graphics a little on it. It looks probably like PS3 quality because, you know, in VR, I don't right, know if people yeah. that play VR, they have to basically render the world twice that they're rendering each eye. So that takes a lot of horse. That takes a lot of, like, you know, graphical. Yeah, a lot of horses. A lot, yeah, horses. There's a lot of horses. Tons there's of a lot of horse armor downloads dlc on there too (laughs) but it's you know for it to run smooth and you don't throw up every time you play it it has to be using a lot of uh of the stuff in the game so they had to take down the graphics notch but i've been waiting for a triple a real game on vr that is open world and (sighs) it's pretty much my dream to play skyrim in you know in vr that's like the coolest thing ever yeah dude oh god i i wanna mm. I'm actually been pricing out. They make these haptic vests you can buy now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're really expensive, and I'm just like, you know, I've been eyeballing them, waiting for them to go on sale, so I'll be totally strapping myself into this fucking system. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. You guys will probably never see me again. You'll just find a skeleton in my apartment. uh, As soon as I get, like, a a snow crash kind of world that you can enter, uh, Blade Runner, dude, just something like that where I can be a detective... seeking out androids or some shit like that as soon as that happens uh i think i'm done like with life yeah like yeah, i'm just that's over with I well did... you built that rig you got you could totally run <laughs> yeah, vr like yeah. you could run room scale vr yeah at your could. place oh eventually yeah i definitely am getting vr for that yeah if you want to i like the vr stuff a lot it's just it's been a lot to justify spending eight hundred dollars but well, of course of course yeah. um. <laughs> early adopters you know syndrome it's expensive and it's not as good and then later we p- we're basically the people paving the yeah. way for everybody yeah. else to buy it you know and i'm happy you are because <laughs> i really want to see vr be successful well the user base for the vr on the ps4 is million people bought it so yeah there's it's a, actually like i think the big biggest number. user base yeah. of all three of the main ones just because of the it's like the easiest point of entry because yes. you don't need an 800 dollars pc it's and the it's the also yeah mm-hmm. plus money on top plus of it, it don't look that bad you know no. actually i've played the other ones and even on super duper duper high-end pcs it's not that much better because it's just the 
the technology is just not it's quite there the type yet. Of screen in it. Yeah, the yeah, screen in the headsets are all maxed things, out yeah. at a specific. They're not right. even at 1080 because they're so close yep. to your head. So yep, they'll get there. But uh, I know like the next set of um, Vive controllers is supposed to be able to detect all five finger movements. That will be amazing. So you'll actually be able to grab oh, stuff, which is cool. Once they get that, and I've seen these uh, these things where you can like hang yourself on a little like swing, basically, yeah. and you can walk around like you wear these special oh, shoes, my God. and it like you know you don't grip on the floor so that you can move around. I was like, oh my God! Seriously, mm. like yeah, all not, this not stuff quite is consumer right ready there. yet, but no. they're super rad. I mean, I have no idea what uh, Project Red has in store for Cyberpunk 2077, but um, that's like been top of my list ever since they have announced it. But if they come up with some way to make that shit VR, and I, like I said, I have no idea what kind of game it's going to be, but if you can put me in a Cyberpunk Project Red world, yes. I'm not coming back out of it, believe me. <laughs> well, in the four years it will take them to finish that game from now, yeah. I'm sure yeah. they will have that figured out. Did you hear that? They actually said their official announcement is, we are shooting for a 2019 to 2022 release window. <laughs> like, what kind of fucking release window is that? that it's just three years. That came out forever ago. Oh, yeah. I well, know. that's what they do. They take tons of, like, Witcher 3 took four years, right? Yeah. And every once in a while, I'll just check online, like, oh, maybe some new information came out. Fuck no, there ain't nothing. Don't no. Get no screenshot, the last new no thing nothing. to come out of Cyberpunk was when hackers <laughs> broke into their system and ransomed some of their fi- their That's development Cyberpunk files. Cyberpunk is fucked though. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, Bethesda had Skyrim on VR and also Skyrim on Switch. Yes. And also paid Skyrim mods. Yes. If you want to shake your head and be angry at the games industry. <laughs> okay, so. Let me ask you, Justin, as a Switch owner, do you care about Skyrim on Switch? Uh, not really. I mean, I care about Skyrim on Switch for the novelty, okay. not so much for playing Skyrim again. I put 100 hours or 190 hours or something onto it on PC and then played it again on the HD. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like... I like that Bethesda has made a relationship with Nintendo for stuff going forward, but I'm probably not going to buy it. Like, what? I don't, I don't need a less performing See, one okay, on the go. Yeah, that's a better way of looking at it. Is uh, I was looking at it too much from a consumer level, but yeah, that's probably great for Nintendo to set up a relationship with Bethesda, and hopefully it does sell pretty well, and they can we can get more Bethesda games on the Switch. I just like Nintendo, so anything that's going to be good good for them, I generally yeah. enjoy. Like, I thought about buying it if I was even more bougie than I already am, I would buy it just to to pay, just to, like, speak with my money, to be like, hey, I'm happy that you made this product. I'm going to buy right. this and put it on my shelf. <laughs> but, There's got to be one person in a cave that hasn't played Skyrim somewhere that's, like, happy about it. Yeah, and, and there are people, like, the fanatics who are just really happy to be like, yo, I can play Skyrim on a plane, and that's, that's awesome. I don't need to play. There are other games I'd rather play in yeah. an airplane, so... Um, there was also a Doom VR. I'm not sure if you checked that yes. out. Yes, oh, Doom yeah, that's right. VFR. VFR, uh, yeah. Teleportation, though. Mo- yeah. I mean, most of those shooters, because uh, uh, Fallout's going to be using teleport, too. Mm-hmm. You can walk, but also yeah. it has the teleport thing. Just They kind of have to, yeah. because uh, the way first-person shooters are, you can't, for you to react fast enough in a, fast enough in a game to one-on-one, one-to-one uh, reaction, you'll start barfing, because it's just too, Doom's so fast. Did you get to try Farpoint yet? No, because those stupid aim controllers, they made like seven. Oh, I mean, fucking world. So every time I try to go buy them, they're sold out. 
Mm. I want I tr- even when I went to pre-order it, it was gone immediately. Because I hear that works really well. Yeah, they yeah. well they redid everything ground up, then made it for you know yeah. VR. Um, I don't I honestly don't think we could have full on Doom in VR now. Uh, no, yeah, that VR is way too fast. It's almost too fast on controllers. Like really, yeah. probably keyboard mouse is probably the best way you, to play. Even that. human beings can't. Yeah, they aren't as fast as you are in Doom. Like if we were that quick, dude. <laughs> oh no, you're running like 190 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, you're something not in that game. spinning around in like 360 degrees and shit. But I think that's a good point though, a teleportation, because they're really working on how to move people, how to move around in VR games and not get sick. That's the number one well, thing that makes course, people yeah. sick. And uh, a lot of games uh, developers don't really give people options because there's there's a thing called getting vr legs where if you play vr enough you won't get sick which i do now because i've spent Mm -hmm. a lot of hours in it um but there's you know like resident evil 7 had literally like eight different ways you could uh calibrate your movement to make yourself feel like you weren't getting sick yeah i mean you could do like snap moving where you move like uh 15 30 degree angles like you just turn your head like you know like this or you can have smooth movement or you can have teleportation like all kinds of different ways you can put up uh uh like a sphere around yourself that you can physically see because part of what makes you sick is you can't uh, Does it make you feel like you're inside of yeah. a thing that's moving you? Yes. Okay, yeah. Um, that is so funny to me. There's the all brain, this crazy stuff. It gets tricked like that just by seeing the visual yes. that you're theoretically inside of a thing. Your brain's like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, that's a, that's the main thing that makes people sick is that you're standing still or sitting still and you're moving. Yeah, you're right. Your, you're your brain's like, what in the fuck is going on But right as long now? as like your brain is told that, no, 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 man, it's cool. You're inside yeah. of a thing. Yep. And then your brain's like, all right. Yeah, it's, it's really it's, weird. It's so bizarre. I actually get over most of sickness because I move my body in real life instead of uh, actually kind of use the tank controls. But instead, mm-hmm. one of my my body is one of the analog sticks, so I'm moving my entire body and then pushing forward. Okay. So huh. it it still simulates my body moving. So my yeah. brain's like, oh, you're moving. That's everything's kosher. That's cool. There's actually been just been some just interesting stuff related to that. That any kind of repetitive motion is going to trigger that feeling to help that so like there have been a couple new games that are actually having you move forward just by moving your arms back and forth and just like since that even without moving your legs since that's like an arm swing is something that humans do when they walk typically it like sates a lot of that uh issues but there's a lot like i don't know vr is crazy there's so much it is there's like a lot of not to get too cyberpunky. There's a lot of things that, you know, concerns about the future that there's no <laughs> been no studies about VR. VR Fuck, was not man. a technology yeah, invented in a lab and tested for two years before yeah. it came to humans. Like, They're really saying hope. it's rewiring the next, parts of your brain. So yeah. Like, you know. In Dude. the next five years, we're going to see the first, like, VR horror game-related death. We're going to see the first VR <laughs> horror game-related, like, person going insane. Like, yeah. These are the, yeah. Well, We're going to be living Black Mirror, Yeah, bro, there's a Black Mirror episode real. exactly about that. Like, when VR is too it? real. No. No, I've actually never watched Black Mirror, but everyone, from the way it's described to me, apparently right. it's right <clears throat> up my alley. Yeah. Fucking Justin. Let's just stop the podcast and watch Black Mirror right now. You need now. to watch Black Mirror. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, if you want to shit your brains out of your ass, that's Black Mirror. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> it feels pretty brains. good. Just don't watch more than one or um, two in a row because you'll be depressed for like a week. If yeah. you want to hear a crazy game designer go nuts about how scary and awesome VR is, uh, do you know Lauren Lanning? He's the guy who created Oddworld and all those Oddworld mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. So he works on VR stuff now, and he's just like, 
if you ever see him in interviews or anything, he's just like the most off the wall, really smart, but just really bonkers, crazy yeah. guy. And they had him on a, a Giant Bomb live stream at E3 this year, and he just like went on a pretty cool, smart tirade about like how cool the future of VR is and how terrifying the future of VR yeah, is. Yeah, man. Um, oh, people are going to be getting like super addicted to it. Oh, yeah. Like I was joking about, hopefully, earlier, about getting like, I'm going to yeah. leave earth and i'm going to enter this cyberpunk world and that's where i'm gonna live well once we get that's gonna body sensations that's what's missing right now immersion level is is body feedback once we get haptic feedback it's done yeah once you can fuck vr oh yeah i I don't know if i will need to see another human ever again but it looks really weird yeah there was a there was a brazzers booth at e3 (laughs) (laughs) that's going to Oh yeah, I mean yes, it's it's so crazy like what VR is going to do to this world in like fifty yeah. years, and a hundred years. You know, people are literally going to just be like purchasing concrete cubicles of space yeah. on like lawns in a parking lot somewhere <laughs> just to live in VR world their entire lives. That's basically the entire plot of Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Wally, that yeah. kind of shit. You know, like. It's funny now, but it's it's really not. It's just I'm ready, for real. Because I'll be all old, so I'll just live in my cubicle and be in VR and give a shit. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. I'm ready for I'm ready for it now. Can we not skip a uh, Wolfenstein? No, I was about, oh that was actually God. what I was gonna bring up next. Yeah. Was like, so the if there was a trailer. single if there was a single favorite trailer of mine in all of E three, not just Bethesda, <laughs> it was definitely Wolfenstein, the new Colossus. So like that trailer was really well made with like the opening sequence. The opening sequence has like a fake advertisement for like a 1950s Lassie show, except Lassie is a giant fire-breathing robot <laughs> dog made by Nazi technology. Yeah, because I was watching that with my boyfriend, and he was just sitting there, and I'm like, "This, I think this is Wolfenstein." And he's like, "Why is this? Why is there just randomly a robot dog right now?" Like he was totally confused, and it pans out to the cat, and I was like, "Oh, it's Wolfenstein." <laughs> yeah, that. First of all, I just Bro. I like alternate history stuff. I was uh, I was a little um, sweet on some candy cigarettes at the time when we when that uh, <laughs> Wolfenstein trailer came up, and that fucking dog came out. The fucking the dog Nazi with the cat dog. head. Oh my god! Yeah, that was uh, that was a little too much for candy cigarette me. Yeah, I don't <laughs> that, blame you. That really like threw me off. I was like, wait a minute, what am I watching? <laughs> But just, like, the whole, that game is tonally all over the place. Like, there's, like, oh, this is really serious because, well, there's, like, the implication about, like, oh, this is not about Nazis invading America because this is after those other games. So, like, the Nazis have won. They're taking over America. Shit's on fire. Everything's bad. So there's this cool Americana element of, like, yeah, yeah. 50s and 60s rebelling against the government. But instead of being, like, civil rights, it's, like, let's destroy the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, there is, like, the end of that trailer where the, the guy's just in combat and he literally just does a tab of acid and then goes into the fight. <laughs> and, it, like, like if there's a whole extended L- LSD sequence in that Dude, game, I'm going to be super pumped. you can play as him and you have to, and you see crazy cartoon shit for, like, a couple levels or something. Get out of here. The other game's not, yeah, that would be like, awesome. tonally like that, though, which is weird. It, I mean, it's a little funny. Well, I mean, you But do... it wasn't, like, is it's not just whacked out like this new No, one. it's not as wacky, but it definitely was... Uh, I don't know. Like dry humor, like kind of snarky. It was well, really well done, too. Snarky is a good way to put it, I think. You know, 
I confess I haven't played that game yet. The new order is good. I know. I I think I'm going to buy it on Steam, both uh, it and the new or Old Blood. Uh, Old Blood, yeah, that's the standalone kind of expansion. I didn't finish Old Blood. I did finish New Order. I just downloaded it because it was on sale, and I didn't play that one. Mm. I didn't play Old Blood. I didn't get it when it was new. I also got it on a sale, but they're like Jimi Hendrix is in that game. <laughs> in which game? The in new one? the new order, the, really? the reboot that came out of you in twenty twenty thirteen, I think. Okay, right? I didn't know that. It is. Uh, you know what? I re- I do remember loving the Xbox Wolfenstein. I did play that one. Uh, the 09 one. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Or no, no, no. Was it Return to Castle, Castle Wolfenstein? There was there was one just called Wolfenstein, and then there there was Return to Castle Wolfenstein. I actually didn't play that one. That's the uh, one that okay. has like robot dog Nazis. I think that and I don't zombies remember, and but one of those stuff. was awesome, and I actually loved it. <clears throat> um but yeah that trailer just looked and it looked like they definitely took some it's not the it's not the it's machine games it's not the doom team but it definitely looks like they took some of the pacing and wild stuff that was popular in the new doom which i'm excited about because that game was awesome did you play that michelle oh hell yeah. yeah 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 that, so that's actually the only game i've really played in the last few years it was real it was good. awesome and i love that i picked that one to be the game that i actually fully committed to and beat it's man it was awesome yeah, and it has a fantastic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, dude, it's, it's more just, than fantastic. It's just awesome. Fuck, it was awesome. I, I mean, I listen to that soundtrack in my car relatively regularly. Uh, Mick Gordon, he's a genius. It's a bummer yeah. that he also did the Prey soundtrack, which was not nearly as good. But, um, yeah, Wolfenstein looks super rad, and the beginning of that game is BJ Blazkowicz in a wheelchair when you control him, which I don't know of any other games where you control a character in a wheelchair. Sans, like, Munch's Odyssey or something. Um, huh. Yeah, not too much else from Bethesda. There was, did any, either of you guys play Evil Within? I'm not a big horror game I guy. I didn't but play the first one. They announced a sequel to that. That was a cool video. Dude, that with all trailer the weird yogurt killer. <laughs> yogurt. It made me kind of uncomfortable. I don't know. That was an awesome trailer. And uh, I was really curious of what it was. And then uh, uh, Age, my girlfriend, she said, um, is this Evil Within 2? I had no idea that she, she even remembered that game. Like, not just she, but anybody. Like, I don't know many I, people that talk about Evil Within. I feel like it didn't, like, fail, but it wasn't everybody was like, ooh, Evil Within, you got to play it. It just kind of came and yeah. went. I'd like to give it a shot. There was some cool looking stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of the people I speak to regularly that really gave it a good shot. I didn't. Uh, it looked. They made some weird technical decisions. Like the game shipped with a hundred percent like black bars on the top and bottom widescreen mode that you couldn't remove. Like you had to play that even if you had a huh. nineteen by twenty, or uh, even if what? you had an actual widescreen monitor. So was it like the order? Yeah, kind of. Except the order did it because it was performing really poorly on ps4 this was like a stylistic choice and it just it's not something i understood even wow. my friends who were like hardcore resident evil fans because that has like resident evil, the director of that was the director of the early resident evil games even they were like eh, i wasn't really impressed so i don't know much about it but that trailer was really impressive yeah despite all the weird <laughs> yogurt stuff um <laughs> I don't know if you either of you guys play. They also showed more Quake Champions. That's been beta a little bit here oh, and there. Yeah, I wasn't wondering yeah. if either. I, I played I in one of it. the closed betas, but it it's like if Quake and Overwatch had a kid. It's a little more on the Quake side, but it's like it has all like the map management, picking up weapons, armor, quad damage, health stuff from classic Quake, except. 
there's different characters and each character has like a special ability i am loving this resurgence of like twitch first person shooter like classic 90s pc style of uh hardcore gaming coming back i would love it more if i wasn't terrible at it but (laughs) yeah of course i mean i even back when i was a young chap i wasn't even very good at it uh that's those play those people were just way too good man i I never that got that i never got that good the QuakeCon folks they still play classic 90s quake 3 arena so for (laughs) years for decades they've been playing that game competitively so but they're doing a big uh, million dollar prize tournament at QuakeCon this year of the new quake to try to drum up some stuff and uh i'll probably play it some more when it's out for real though it's just uh most competitive games i'll hit some point where it wouldn't take a lot of time for me to get over a certain skill point and i just kind of stop it's not not a big competitive guy but yeah. it's really well done there seems to be like three phases to like getting good at a game you suck for a long time then you kind of get good for a while and that's kind of where i stop yeah same here <laughs> I'm, I'm like okay that's good enough because it's gonna take me like way longer mm-hmm. to to hit that next stage where i'm actually have advanced to a certain point where i can beat most of the people i play but and in that next stage there will be by the time I'm done with that stage, there will have been six games I've wanted to play come it, out. Exactly, so. <laughs> yeah. For me, as someone who just kind of tears through games pretty quickly, it's definitely not... I just don't... Plus, I yeah, I don't know. Like, I loved Overwatch, but it just hit this point. I'd be like, oh, I played a good 60 hours or something, and I got pretty good consistently, but not great. And then when I couldn't get better, I was just like, this is frustrating. I'm going to go play something nice and happy. I kind of got that way with Rocket League. Like, I, I got to a point where I was like... I feel like I'm about as good as I can get before I have to dedicate years of my life to getting better <laughs> at this, you know, because you get it because then you start making these like inter- incremental improvements and in, like really weird skills and shit. I'm like, I don't have time for this. So <laughs> that's actually a pretty good segue. How would you feel about playing Rocket League on the go on your Nintendo <laughs> Switch? That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I do love that uh, Psionics is doing that with uh, Nintendo. Rocket League is a brilliant game. I think it's beautiful game design through and through. And just however many ways we can get Rocket League into more people's hands, please do it. I agree. Really fun game. Did you, have you played much of it? Yeah, yeah. It, it is. was like okay to me. Like mm-hmm. I can tell it's really good. It's just not my kind of a game that I like. I'm just once you, really... when, once you get off the air like once you get into the air and you start start kind of developing an air game in Rocket League it totally yeah, changes. It changes yeah and the the game's virtually not the same way that you looked at it before it's really interesting it's kind of like seeing in 3D or color or something for the first time and their their devs are really cool they they listen to the community a lot and they've done a lot of like free mods and free content updates new maps new modes Tons. constantly and uh constant and, uh polish of just the code in general the performance of the game uh if either of you have not checked it out there <clears> is <throat> this uh youtube documentary series called no clip and they did a documentary where he interviewed all the developers about it and the history of it because it it goes all the way back to like an unreal rocket league yeah oh oh cool. so rocket league game? is loosely based on an unreal tournament 2004 mod with vehicle mod which turned into a ps3 game that nobody played called rocket powered hyper hyper automatic battle cars or something like that Mm -hmm. and the game was so long the name was so long and it was kind of awkward and then that's what eventually turned into rocket league which has been insanely popular um that's really cool and it's now as a lot of things it's now coming to the switch because the switch has sold really well and it's like a very approachable thing and it, it did really well with 
Um, Rocket League did really well across all gaming kind of demographics. Mm -hmm. Like, it did really well not only with people like me who spend lots of time and money with games, it also did really well with people who were like, oh, I buy Madden and Call of Duty every year. Because it yeah. was like a kind of an, it had a kind of an approachable sports game feel to it, but it still had a lot of depth. And it had that uh, talk about it kind of, yeah. Like, have you seen this dumbass game where you just ram into a ball and try to, <laughs> like, who doesn't want to play that? Yeah. Like, give it a try, man. Like, you ever, it's it's a party game. You can bring friends over and play, man. That's, yeah, that's I ended awesome. up playing a bunch with my buddy Dan, who like he likes games, who doesn't play a ton of them, and he just we just had a blast. Yeah, hours, seriously, hours drinking, <laughs> playing Rocket League, man. And as cool as that is, it was not my favorite thing, I think, so far coming out of the Nintendo press conference is definitely, and as stereotypical as it is, that new Mario. I don't know if you guys have seen Odyssey? much about Mario Odyssey. It just looks insane. Um, and I there's I bet it's really divisive, and I bet there's people who doesn't are not nearly as excited as I am, but I think it looks rad. Uh, I'm, I'm up there, man. I'm at fucking, uh, I'm at 12 o'clock right now, full mast. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it, let's let them do something different with the Mario games. I don't understand why people get mad when they do different stuff with... How many Mario games has there been where he's been doing the same shit? I mean, they well, change it up. All of them. But, well, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, like, the way it looks, like, the tone. Oh, yeah, Like, agree. you know what I'm saying? Like, they always get angry every time, and then they play it, and they're like, it's the best Mario ever. This happens every time. Like, when Mario Sunshine came out, they're like, here's a fucking water pack, that's stupid. And then it came out, everybody was like, oh, my God, Mario Sunshine's great shit ever. And then Mario Galaxy, oh, it's stupid. He's just running around on a, you know, on a earth, and it's weird. And then he played. Oh my god, it's amazing! Like this happens every time. How many times are we gonna nope. do this? I don't know. <laughs> as soon as people on the internet started being agreeable and logical, that's so. never, never. But Odyssey, uh, that looks like magic to me. Yeah, like those Mario, Mario Brothers, the. The, the aesthetic, the the platforming, the design, everything about it, like 100%. I'm a massive fan of, of Mario, and I've, I have this, like, I don't know, I, I, I seriously, like, at night, I'll just go, like, uh, I'll just Google images of, like, old books, uh, like the NES books with the different art in it and stuff like that. I adore the art and everything about Mario, and I can't wait for Odyssey. It looks like they're taking it up a notch again you know every like when they they made galaxy and the galaxy and they made that uh made the worlds like more nebulous like these little orbs of that that was brilliant mm -hmm. to me and then uh with oh, Sunshine, the galaxy games are great with the jetpack and um <clears throat> and even with uh mario 3d world i love that game and odyssey looks like they're doing it again they're like doing something new and fresh again and, and I thought I thought they ran out of ideas and they, they came up with something else. Yeah, and that's – I think there's been a lot of people who made that uh, that same complaint that Michelle had, had spoken about, about people think Nintendo makes the same game over and over again, and a lot of times they do. So especially – and I, I agree with you. I really like 3D World as well. Um, I had a lot of fun with that game. But there were a lot of people who were like, hey, this is this is clearly done by the Galaxy team because it's well done and it's pretty and it, it controls really well, but it doesn't do that much new. I love cats, what? so the cat suit oh, thing was that's great. That's not true, though. I No, I agree. I'm just saying there is a, there is yeah. a large, even amongst uh, Nintendo fans, there are people who are really disappointed by that game. And, and I think, like... Zelda was so crazy different this year, and yeah. Mario being so crazy different. Like people, they, we're not in a good position for anyone to complain about Nintendo making the same game over and over again because 2016, 2017 has very much proved otherwise. 
See, 3D, 3D World, at first, I wasn't impressed by it. Like, I played it a, a little bit. I, I got through maybe 10 or 15 little stages, and, and I was like, eh, mm, like, I don't, I, I'm not really into the cat suit thing, and, like, it just felt like average Mario, I guess, to me. And then I ended up playing it again, and I don't remember why now that I got so into it, but um, I was playing with a friend of mine, and we had gotten really far in it and 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 we got to a point where i actually thought we had beaten the game and i did not know that we didn't yet and so we were like okay cool that's done and for whatever reason i just wanted to play some more like a couple of weeks later and i picked it up again i'm like wait a minute what's going on here and there's like like another like three or four i think worlds that you tr- that, that there you is go to. yeah the there's another cloud world and a star world after yeah, all the normal it, levels that game kept surprising me with how many new ideas they kept coming up with and how many new see what's so beautiful to me about mario brothers and it always has been and they keep going in this direction is that uh they they make it feel like you're literally playing with a toy playset of some kind like you're oh, yeah. looking at a miniature world that you're like moving little characters around in it i don't know they tap into this weird sort of like instinctive childlike need to explore and touch things and like inspect and all that i don't know that's how how i felt about it i feel like shiggy just is a visionary in that sense he's he seems like he's an eternal child but not in a bad way he just has He's one of my favorite game developers and yeah, he, no he's just his personality, he's just full of joy and warmth and you can and it comes I know it sounds really really cheesy but it really comes through in the games he makes. Like Nintendo games make me happy to play them. Mm-hmm. Like they're a safe place for me or I you, if you if you're feeling bad, you go play a Nintendo game, nothing bad happens there. It's colorful, yeah. it's fun, it's well made. It's just a great universe and a lot of people try to put them down say they're children's games but i think they're not they are children's games but they're just fun and fun and is, is universal there's no age limit on fun and just love yeah, yeah. And just kind of uh good for all ages kind of stuff yeah because it's one yeah and i i totally agree and i i don't like when people don't call them kids games just like call them games that you know you that kids could play but they're just kind of fun for all everyone kind of things because there's a lot of I totally agree. There's just a lot of things about those games that are just, like, happy and upbeat. And you can always buy a Nintendo game and never have to worry about, like... You never have to worry about buying a Nintendo game for a kid, a teenager, whatever. Maybe a teenager might not think they're cool enough or whatever. But, like, they're always rooted in really good design and they're always really, really well polished. So, like, there's very rarely something majorly wrong with a Nintendo game. And on top of that, they're always just very... They do the balance of approachability and depth really well in a way that a lot of it's, new games don't. I, so. I think it's masterful, really. It's yeah. masterful through and through game design. It's it's game design for game designers, but it's also game design for literally anyone. Yeah, and they do and they do everything well. Like everything looks gorgeous. They they use materials really well. And mm-hmm. I think that that kind of goes with what you were saying. Yeah, is is the way they use texture and yeah. like sound to make it feel like it's really the thing you're looking at. It's real, you know? but it's still cartoony, and it manages to balance that without going into the uncanny and being uncomfortable. Right. And it's a, it's something that I really have always... Res- and, and they do it really well, even in stuff like 3D World, which is not explicitly material-designed, which things like Yoshi's Woolly World and those kind of games mm-hmm. that are like, oh, these are based on real-world materials, this is wool, cardboard, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but even like the normal worlds look like stuff like that. And it's just, it's great. And I really want to play that. And the Mario Rabbids, Dude, that, that whole, the hat thing. Yeah. It just, Cappy. I, is yeah. Thing. And, uh, w- when we saw the logo for Mario Odyssey and we were wondering why the cap has the eyes and now we know why. Mm-hmm. And I, it, I would have, it, it's so stupid now that I'm seeing it. I'm like, obviously that's what they were going to do with it the whole time. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. why didn't I see it coming? But for real, like, like what are what are they going to do with that hat? How are they going to make this Mario game interesting? And they did it again. I think my favorite part about seeing the hat stuff is all the enemies that are now wearing hats. Like, there's oh, bullet yeah. bills with like bro visors on, <laughs> and there are like there's like beanies on on Goombas, and just like people wearing bowlers, and you can like anything with a hat basically is things you can possess with Mario's hat. So it's just like a. I, I don't feel know. like Shiggy came into the meeting when they were playing in the game he just brought a big back a big box of fun hats and passed them out and <laughs> he like, probably did actually, and he probably was like you know? hats and then everybody was like oh my god why didn't we think of it I mean I mean Team Fortress 2 has been doing hats for yeah, years but <laughs> no yeah it's super it's super cool I wish yeah I wish it was out tomorrow but until then, we have uh, Splatoon 2 next month, which I'm pretty excited about. I don't know if either of you guys played the first Splatoon. No, and I feel, like, guilty that I haven't. <laughs> it's it's great. I could I just did not believe it when Nintendo was like, hey, we're making a competitive shooter. And I did not expect it to be good. And then it just, like, it perfectly balances the, like, the Twitch stuff, the real, like, fast-paced competitive stuff with a... A fun flair that doesn't make you feel like you're running around killing people. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want, we don't want Call of Duty on a modern Nintendo system because it's just not their Do jam. You think uh, there's less of a sense of elitism amongst the players of uh, Splatoon? Uh, I do, and I think a lot of that has to do with... I know that's a loaded question. No, but... well, a lot of it I think has to do with the like the demographic of Nintendo is all over the place. Like you go into a Call of Duty and there is this is the 14 to 26 year old men category and basically <laughs> nobody else. No, yeah. No offense, I don't know how much how much Call of Duty you play. I haven't played them since the fourth one when they stopped being good. Uh, there's a there's one or two good ones in there, but most of them aren't <laughs> real great. Uh, and Splatoon is so all over the place that it's like a real accepting community. And then a big part of it, which I don't think people think about, there is no built-in voice chat in that game. There huh. in the first one, the second yeah. one actually has a voice okay. chat thing that Switch is doing. But like, there's no 14 year old kid f- screaming about fucking my mom, and it makes <laughs> me like way happier to play that game. And just even when you lose, the like the worst punishment you get is like the cat judge is sad, <laughs> and he he leans towards the enemy team instead of your team at the end, and it yeah, plays it's sad not music like, like life or death. Yeah, you know? and if you're not playing, and there's like a, a ranked and unranked, so like you don't have to play with the hardcore players. You can still mm-hmm. play online with random people if you don't want to play with like the the elite. And I just think. There's just such an air of fun to that game that you don't feel bad for losing. It's just like a... That's great, man. This was a great... Yeah, I I wish more... Like, Overwatch does it pretty well as well, Mm -hmm. but Overwatch allows players to communicate with each other, which is their first mistake. (laughs) Uh, I've always wondered, man... Well, not... uh, Yes, wondered, but I've really wanted to see a game like Overwatch where it's designed so well 
and it's so obvious what your role is supposed to be in the game that you can just look at the screen and your HUD and understand what is supposed to be done. And everybody kind of inadvertently or emergently sort of ends up cooperating because you're just completing the tasks you're, su you're supposed to. Like, it's kind of telling you this is where you need to go. And you can, like, freestyle around it or whatever, but I don't know. Uh, I've always I've always wondered if that was possible to without the use of voice chat, obviously. Um, if it was possible to create a game like that. I I think if you knew how to create a game like that, you would be a billionaire. So good <laughs> luck. I mean, that's what essentially what Riot and the Mo and 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 Steam and all the people who make MOBAs have been trying to do for years. Mm -hmm. It's what all the competitive shooting companies have been trying to do. Like Overwatch does uh, nonverbal communication really well. Uh, just with smart design and especially smart map design that kind of funnels you into areas yeah. you want and then smart systems that be like, oh, well, if two people on your team pick snipers, it will tell you no more snipers. Yeah, like really it, smart, subtle things that work really effectively. Yeah, that kind of stuff, but more, I don't know. You know, even, <laughs> I know what you mean. Some kind of ingenious yeah. level of visual Something so design. cool that neither yeah. of us could even necessarily fathom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how the problem would get solved. Give us a lot of money and we can figure it out. Just Justin and I. Yeah, please. I don't. I don't need to go to work anymore. Let <laughs> me work on video games. They're way more fun. Um, I don't know. There was some exciting, other exciting stuff from Nintendo, but we didn't really see any of it. Like they announced Metroid Prime Four. Yeah, I know. And all they did was show a JPEG that said Metroid Prime Four. And it's Retro coming. Studios, like... which developed the first three, is not working on it. So oh, I don't really know who's doing this one. I want to say it's actually in-house. It's just oh, okay. like Nintendo EC. Um, okay. But Retro is not working on it because they okay. the only thing they've been doing for Nintendo lately is they did all those new Donkey Kong countries. Okay. Uh, they okay. did Tropical Freeze and Returns. I liked those, but they're Dude, definitely not Metroid games. Super Metroid is uh, easily eh, top three, maybe. Sometimes it's my favorite game ever, but the, easily top three of all time. There are many people who would argue that it is one of the finest video games ever made. Yep. Uh, that I have like I had like childhood nightmares about how eerie the music and visual visuals oh. were of that game. Yeah, I know it's entrancing. Yeah, I there are still pieces of music in that game that give me chills as a an adult. I think honestly that was the first game I had ever played where I played it a lot. You know, because all the mm -hmm. other games, you know, like uh, at the time. Um, you know, it's pick up and play, shoot a bunch of stuff, you complete a couple levels, and then maybe you're done. I, I don't know. But that was the first game where I was, like, up all night and then into the morning and then going to sleep for a couple hours and getting back up and playing again, all like, all week, month long doing something like that. I remember I had the <clears throat> Nintendo Power, like, fold-out maps, and it was, like, a fucking lifesaver because this is before internet or yeah. anything so yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. so if you didn't know where something was you had to either a ask somebody at school that had already gotten past oh, yeah. that part or b you had to wait for counselor's corner or uh <laughs> nintendo power to come out with that fold-out map and as soon as that fold-out map was out, i was like hell yeah because you would just be stuck at places forever like and you know your mom's not going to get let you do that dollar 99 yeah minute. i was about to ask if you could you, you could use the nintendo helpline no we were poor man we ain't got money for that <laughs> i never did stuck. that either <laughs> Yeah, it's a beautiful game. It also I'm, was for one of the first games that made me cry. The ending was like so devastating to me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. I guess I don't want to spoil. I know it's old. You don't want to spoil a twenty-five-year-old game. Super Metroid, but mm. that um, the ending of it was just. I was like so fucking sad 
like for real i was like huh, like you just snotty i was like why would you do this to me game like what in the hell make me care about a thing and take it away why would you do that games are good at that <laughs> uh i'm i would be more excited by a new 2d like proper old school style metroid but i will i will buy metroid prime yeah, 4 I'm I, sure. and, and i loved uh metroid prime i i played the first two I played I a little play the bit, third one either. I played a little bit of the third one, and I was really turned off like by like the first couple hours of it because there were a lot of like sort of scripted action events, and I was like, "This is not Metroid at all." And I I was like, "Just let me do the thing," you know, because Metroid has always been like plop, okay, figure it out, fucker, yeah. and it didn't feel like that. And and I was uh, I just I didn't play it. I'm sure somebody out there is like, ah, it's one of the best fucking Metroids ever. You should play it. And maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But I don't know, it was the least well reviewed of the three. Corruption. It is yeah. okay. Okay. Um, I I remember I played probably about an hour of that game and remember zero minutes of it. Uh, I still have it. At some point, I'm I might go back and play it. But I didn't love motion control stuff, and mm-hmm. that was that was the first one that was Wii only. So oh, it was yeah, yeah, yeah that's wa- right. Arm waggling. Oh, it was so bad too. That I hate was arm waggling. Thing. Yeah, uh, it's also why I didn't like Skyward Sword. Oh. Uh, so I, I I don't know. I I have a storied history with 3D Zelda's, but not too much else from Mario. They did like tease a new Kirby and a new. Uh, new Yoshi game, which are literally just called Kirby and Yoshi. They're essentially like reboots of those series. I like Kirby a lot. They look I f- good. I feel like I'm the only one who played that 3DS Kirby Planet Robobot that came out last year. Really underrated game. Super. I good like game. a lot of the Kirby games, man. They're great. Um, and Yoshi looked really, really kid-oriented. Like, it looked very simple. Like, okay. even simpler than Yoshi's Island on the Super Nintendo was. So, I don't know. They didn't show very much of it, so it's hard to tell. Um, still always excited about Nintendo stuff. There's a new Xenoblade. I haven't played that series at all, but the JRPG oh, fans. Oh, right, right. JRPG fans seem to eat that stuff up. Do you, do you ever get into that series at no. all? Do you ever play even the old ones, Xenogear, no. Xenosaga? Oh, Xenogear, yeah, I did. And Xenosaga. I think they're, uh, it's totally different teams, but I think they're related universes. Well, they played, uh, they, the first two games, that yeah, they're different universes, and they also just, I don't know. After that, I wasn't interested in it. Even uh, Xeno Saga, I was a little bit... I didn't think it was as good as Xeno Gears. Xeno Gears had like, a really deep philosophical story that was like amazing at the time. There's a whole disc where one of the characters just sits on a chair and explains you shit, and it was awesome. And you sat there and you watched him in that <laughs> chair. And the RPG! <laughs> oh my god, that reminds me of something I didn't want to forget to mention. And it has nothing to do with E3. <clears throat> but I wanted to just talk to other gamers about this game. It was one of the most brilliant things, just in general, that I've experienced recently. Not just movies and games and art, just art, period. Uh, So, a year or two ago, I think, hmm, maybe, uh, Jim Sterling, uh, he... I believe he picked this as his favorite game of, like, 2015, maybe? It was called The Beginner's Guide? Yeah, I didn't play it, but I'm familiar with it. No? Okay. Uh... You guys got to play that game. Uh, it's uh, You can sit down, play it, finish it in about three hours maybe. Like start to finish. Even I think I even got up to piss or eat or something. And you could still beat it, beat it within three hours. But it was one of the most unique narratives I've ever heard or seen in a game. It was really strange. But to, uh, to sort of whet your appetite, I guess. But the, uh, the game starts... Uh, this guy's just talking to you, and it's from the creator of the Stanley Parable? Yeah. 
and uh isn't it like about isn't it narrating about the process of making a game oh, yes yeah. but, but sp- specifically yeah. about a certain developer a certain like super underground developer that he happened to catch wind of or, or something like that and he kind of followed his 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 projects and the game starts with him speaking to you and then all of a sudden you appear in uh an old counter-strike map and he just says okay by the way you can walk around and you can just walk around and explore it and he just talks to you about the uh the environment and what you're seeing and like uh perhaps what was in the mind of the developer at the time when they were making it and all this other stuff and you you start seeing these weird odd little funky design choices that are just strange and shouldn't be there they almost look like accidents and uh and then he just take transports you somewhere else and you're in this other room and he's now he's talking about the next little project he made uh and that is sort of the each of these are like little vignettes where you it's like from start to finish like a weird kind of story mm-hmm. that develops um and uh it gets stranger and stranger and stranger as it goes and really cryptic and uh like introspective and really super deep but definitely play it if somebody hasn't uh played it out there please play the beginner's is that on guide PS4? Uh, I don't know. I played it on PC. If you want to come by and just play it one day, yeah. seriously, I want to play it again. So if you guys want to come by and just like have one of you guys just go through it and mm-hmm. we can just have popcorn and chat, we'll do it. But like, yeah, seriously, it's just like a two or three hour little experience and it's it's really fantastic. Yeah, I heard it was neat. I haven't uh, I have not looked into it. But. And, and I have to say that because Michelle's in the room because we have, sort of had this discussion, I think, on Facebook a while ago, how uh, I had this frustration about the sort of trend of non-games yeah. in a way and I don't really like them and I and I, I've had this sort of like uh like kind of old school stubbornness about even categorizing them as traditional games and stuff like that. I think like we that. were talking about Braid, Maybe. We? Braid is certainly a game. Well, yeah. it's a, I'm not saying it's a non-game, but I'm talking about games also, that have well, that's alternate... Fine. I really don't like the term non-game, but I know what you guys mean. And well, you non-games to, to me are just games like. that don't have a fail state. I guess, right. But but the beginner's guide is like that. It's not like there's really a challenge to the mm-hmm. mechanics or anything. You're just it's a walking simulator essentially. Yeah. I yeah. yeah that that's the word I've heard people use more now lately, walking mm-hmm. simulator. Cuz like you like you said you like gone home, right? That's there's a no, walking there's simulator. There's no fail state in gone home. <laughs> to me that's like a uh, just digital novel. Yeah. I which I don't mind. Those those don't bother me. It's just a cool way to basically read mm-hmm. a book and get a story. So I'm down with that. All right. So any uh any last final thoughts on E3 on what we're excited um, about for the year or coming up or Battlefront 2 looked cool. I mean, it looks like <laughs> they listened to the fans and and didn't pull all the bullshit about $50 DLC and they mm-hmm. included a single player mode. It's still on Frostbite, so that game is still the Frostbite engine practically is... looks like real life. Yeah. <laughs> uh on top of that, uh there's a new Assassin's Creed. I don't really care. Uh, so, uh, maybe you guys do, but there's been 7,000. Those 000. games are garbage. So they did a mechanical reboot. There's new combat and stuff, and there's loot now, but it just... Uh, Ubisoft is kind of amalgamating all their all their series together, so all their series now have tower climbing, sending out a drone to mark targets, and killing yeah. camps of people. Mm-hmm. So, like, Wildlands and Assassin's Creed and, and uh, all these different series have just kind of all flattened together, so... Um, not really much else for me. Three Skull and Bones that they, they spun off the Assassin's Creed boat pirate stuff into its oh. own game. Mm-hmm. It looks cool if that you're into that. Uh, and the only big thing I really care about left is Far Cry Five, just because 
I really like that oh, they chose yeah. to do that in about a religious, gun-toting, fanatical right-wing yeah. cult in the U.S. Like, I, <laughs> they got a lot of flack when they first announced that, and and the E3 trailer was a little more on the silly side, but it's yeah. definitely still making a statement. And I just I th- thought it was really neat. Do you think they're gonna there's gonna be some sort of like uh, self censorship in a way? Or do you think they're going to I mean, I think just f- continue and just be like, nah, fuck you, we're going to stick to it? So, like, their first announcement was very, like, this is a serious story with serious implications. And then their E3 trailer was very, like, look at us, we're having fun shooting country bumpkins and we got yeah. a dog and you're teaming up with your buds. And <laughs> you're, it, you can tell that they made a big tonal shift when speaking about the game. So I'm hoping that when we actually get our hands on it, it does a good job of balancing you know like the seriousness of what's actually happening and its parallels with kind of current america with the fun stuff so right well sometimes i don't know if i've if i can really think of a good example of this but sometimes like if if they're if you're trying to say something and then you make it too goofy it like ruins what you're trying to say and it just turns the game into a joke you know of itself really Uh, i hope that doesn't happen but i I, I haven't really played the Far Cry game, so I don't know what their uh, what their history is like. Three and four both have a both like kind of walk the line between the absurd and and the insightful to some extent. Like the third one starts off very much with you're a bunch of kids partying. You're like a bunch of twenty year old rich white guys who go to like an island in the middle of the Pacific to yeah. party or whatever. And then oh yeah, shit goes bad and you don't know any. You don't know what to do because you're a drunk twenty year old guy. That's a, and yeah, I didn't even know that was the story to Far Cry. Yeah, I mean it, it comes the the first two were like all serious, and I actually never played the first two Far Cries. <laughs> uh, I only played three and four, but and then four is like takes place in tibet and there's a bunch of like political stuff about the current like china versus tibet political problems but then also pc now all uh, the steam sales going on i bet there might be on sale yes Um, i hope so yeah those are worth playing at least three is worth playing four is just kind of like a carbon copy of three in a different world with a cool the villain in four is cool that's uh and blood dragon uh, Troy Baker does the voice, yeah. Okay, yeah. I of, love of the him. villain in four and three. I mean, who doesn't love Troy Baker? Like, come on. Well, yeah, and he's a he's a good looking man too. I don't know if you've ever seen him. <laughs> yes, he is quite uh, a good looking dude. But he was this weird. That that was a weird thing where it's like Nolan North did every male protagonist for like a decade, and, and him too. For like Nolan North is from incredible. 2013 to now, it's like Troy Baker is in every video game. So um, Michelle, your overall uh, impressions of E3. Uh, I actually thought this one was pretty low key and a little bit boring, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I was really excited about Beyond Good and Evil, the prequel. Oh, jeez. I'm so happy you mentioned that. Because that uh, that game is like a cult hit. Mm-hmm. It was pretty uh, underrated. Well, yeah. everybody liked it when it came out, but not a lot of people bought it. So when I saw the trailer for that, I was like, holy shit. Like, that it looked was... insane. Like, the way the... <sighs> the tone. Yeah. The direction. It was, man, I want to see that movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited about that one. I was actually really excited about Shadows of the Colossus actually running correctly oh, right. now. Yeah. It, it looks like it was 60 frames per second. Smooth. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a game that was ahead of its time. Too, it just was too much for the hardware. And even when they did the uh, HD update, it still wasn't right. quite there yet. I would just... I can't wait to re-experience this game the way the developers it's, envisioned the it the atmosphere know? of that game is it's just beautiful oh, it's beautiful that's like a yeah, word like, that's the main game i use when i make the our games art uh, yeah, argument because yeah, yeah. it's just a, it's a masterpiece it's just a piece of art and i was really excited to be able to play it with sweet graphics yeah 
Uh, I think that is really cool, though. It, it just it makes me laugh when it's like one of Sony's big things they were announcing this year was an HD remake of an HD remake <laughs> of a PlayStation 2 game. <laughs> right. And I was still um, excited. I was it like, looks great, though. Like, it looks amazing, mm-hmm. and I will probably... I didn't buy the HD remake, but I'll probably buy this one. You know what's funny? I'm, I'm more excited about God of War's story than I am about playing the game. Um, it does look like they made some improvements, though. Right, uh, I've I've always been a God of War fan. I've played one, I've played all three of them, but I haven't beaten all three of them actually. Uh, I got to like a certain point in all of them and got bored, I guess, and just stopped. But, uh, but I think there are six of them. But there are, there might oh, be the, the, there's the two for PSP for, and there's a fourth one for PS3 that minus the, played <laughs> minus the PSP ones, as I mean. Did the battles, did the fighting look a little Arkhamish to you? Like, I, I, he's always kind of been like a little loosey goosey with like uh, swinging with his like accents, with his little, what is that called? The chain. I forget. He doesn't even have the chains. He uses yeah. an axe in the new one. So it looked, it looked, it felt really Arkham to me, which is okay because every game that has hand to hand fighting uses that now because it's Why not? great. It's yeah, beautiful. it works great. Well, but, all the ones that don't use the Dark Souls stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's Dark like, Souls Arkham. That's all the fighting styles we have. That's fine. Now. Those are both great. Yeah. I'm on board with them. Right. It's like the Halo Life thing, the health yeah. bar recharge thing, or whatever. Now everybody uses that. Um, yeah. Generally speaking, I don't know. Uh, Xbox One X. I'm excited about that big time, but I think the price is unbelievably fair. I couldn't believe how cheap it was. Um, and but I don't want to play any games on it, so... I don't have a 4K TV, so it's not... When I get a 4K TV, I will happily buy an Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, the performance difference... I have a beefy PC, so I don't yeah. need the performance difference on a console at this point. So I think it's cool, and I'm excited about it, and I'm, I think it's a smart move to appeal to the the, yeah. the gearhead market, but it's just a it's a five hundred dollars i don't need to spend because i own an xbox one and i right but when i when i move up to 4k like that stuff's gorgeous and it's it it is the direction we are going so it's it's very forward thinking it's just uh, i don't need to spend that much money i spend enough on video games as i it. feel yeah i feel generally positive about the yeah. gaming industry right now as far as e3 goes anyway i mean it's not perfect of course but um i'm excited about a lot of games coming out and i'm excited about uh, even even if Xbox doesn't have a, a lot of ton of great games that I want, I think they're making a lot of great decisions, and I think we have a really positive future ahead of us. So, uh, thank you for watching. This has been uh, Jesse Barnes with the Movie Sleuth, and then we have Justin, Justin and Michelle. Thank you for watching. If you did, <laughs> and stay tuned for uh, I don't know what we're doing next week, but uh, or if we're going to do one next week. Eighties action movies. Oh, eighties wow. action movies. Yeah. Sweet. Bug me if you guys need more people for that. Okay. Yeah, we're doing eighties action movies next week. Uh, so please tune in, and we're trying. We're gonna try to go uh, make sure that everybody knows about what time to tune in because we don't know what day it's gonna be yet. But uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and good night. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.